I'm Evelyn Glennie, and you're listening to the Evelyn Glennie Podcast. In 2019, a slightly more unusual request landed on my desk. I was asked if I would participate in a fashion show during London Fashion Week. Well, after an initial gulp, followed by a fleeting moment of analysing my diet of too many biscuits and potato wedges, (laughs) I was at least brave enough to ask for more details. Well, the international fashion designer, Edeline Lee, had lined up a formidable list of ladies from all walks of life to be not only seen, but heard as part of her groundbreaking Future Lady collection. Edeline's initiative was inspired by Professor Mary Beard's feminist manifesto, Women in Power. Edeline herself is certainly a future lady, not only through developing her inspiring range of clothing, but by asking us to consider what dignity, grace, femininity and power look like on women today. Edeline, thank you so much for spending this time with me. It's a real pleasure. Evelyn, thank you for inviting me. I'm so excited to be here today. No problem. And I mean, when you sent this invitation for me to participate in your your show, I mean, first of all, I, I was quite aghast. I thought, oh, my Lord, you know, uh, <laughs> I've never participated in such a thing. And then, you know, when I understood the lineup of women literally from from so many different disciplines mm-hmm. and professions and so on it was it was incredible I, I just I, simply had to say yes i'm so i i remember when we received your response um saying that you would be interested in participating and we were so excited every woman that accepted it was cheers all around in the studio um obviously we'd never organized i don't think anyone's organized anything like this before for fashion so um it was it was out of our comfort zone as well, um, just to reach out to these types of women and try to get all of these women in the same space at the same time for a very particular, um, you know, on the schedule. So we had a particular slot. I mean, you can imagine everyone was so busy and to fit all those people together in one room for two hours, it was quite a task. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I remember walking into the space and I'd never been in that kind of environment before. I mean, it was absolutely buzzing with the makeup people, all of the the, the wonderful models, you know, sort of floating around you know, in, in their wonderful garments and so on. And then, of course... We all turned up, no, well, <laughs> and we had, you know, had a clue what to do with ourselves. I mean, it was... <laughs> well, I I remember it as one of the most beautiful backstages I've ever had because we had all these wonderful women. We had the models, but we were all uh, women getting ready together, and um, mm. it was a very particular, you know, it was a live show, and we didn't have time to rehearse because we're a small brand, and we didn't have, you know, the day before to rehearse or anything. We had to make it happen all in that Absolutely. morning and um yeah. and it was so nice that like, all the women were rehearsing their parts and we had a very strict three minutes per woman um mm. which um must have been quite challenging as well um and then and and we you had to walk in the dark <laughs> to get to your yes, spot I, <laughs> I think that was the scariest thing that and, and trying to keep what we're due to say within the three minute yeah well we were we were so on the production side we were so frightened because we were like 
we're going to be turning the lights down on Dame Evelyn Glennie. You know? <laughs> so I want. I, and I how about if she's know... not finished speaking? You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to know what would have happened if we had gone over. You know? <laughs> it was it was such a strict. Um, on the production side, there's uh, we were having guests entering and exiting, and normally in a fashion show, this type of show, you'll have the editors and the buyers come and leave, um, you know, many of them are very busy during fashion week, so they'll come for a few minutes and then leave. But of mm. course, this show was so uh, engaging that no one would leave. And uh, mm. <laughs> the audience was refusing to leave. So at one point, the British Fashion Council said, well, we'll have to turn the lights on and then tell some people to leave so that, you know, Vogue can come in, you know. And I was like, it's we incredible. can't turn the lights on and off on these women, you know. Yeah. <laughs> It, it, it's absolutely fascinating. But I mean, I know that you were inspired by Mary Beard's uh, Women Women of Power. But I mean, what inspired you initially to, to change the feel of the catwalk, to change the feel of mm -hmm. a fashion show? It's, it's a process I've been experimenting since the beginning of my career. So um, I love the idea of uh, the intimacy of a show and uh, uh, the the interaction between the audience and what's happening in the show. So all of my shows are pretty experimental. Um, it's, um, you know, I like the idea of one-to-one -one theater when, you know, you're actually led through an experience. Um, it's probably similar to how you might organize a concert or a musical performance. Um, mm. So it's something I've been experimenting with from the beginning. Yeah, I mean, I think what I find fascinating was that you know we're used we're used to having music as part of a, a catwalk show, you mm -hmm. know, a fashion show, and and that is often you know in a way the first thing that that hits our senses. You know, it's the all yes. aspect, and yes. then, ah, then it's the visuals of the the, uh -huh. the designs and so on, and. I think what was fascinating for me was that we saw a real situation, real people in, uh -huh. in you know real circumstances, wearing garments that you could absolutely see them walking out of yes. that building with, you know, and carrying on wearing and and feeling good in them and so on. And and that's what was so interesting. So it wasn't just only based on this amazing uh, model, you know, who has the the perfect yes. legs or or whatever yeah, is yeah. it's that you really felt the, the the chemistry with the person who was wearing the clothes yes i i very much you've mentioned so many things in that um comment actually i very much uh am designing for real women this type of woman mm. your type of woman these are the women who are wearing my clothes so that's one aspect where i wanted to connect that um inside this show um connect those dots um you know, it just it just seems odd that I'm dressing women who are speaking publicly all the time, and yet I'm showing on young girls who are just walking around um, silently, um, being mm -hmm. looked at rather than heard. And so that this was a way to kind of break that barrier, um, and mm -hmm. and say this is what actually we this is what I believe in. This is what um, this is what who my clothes are for, you know, and, um, and yes, with regards to fashion shows, it is such a 
sensual experience in a way. You have the sound, you have the space, uh, you have the intimidating PRs at the front door, and you have the, these important people that only have five minutes to see it. <laughs> yeah. And um, and you're creating a sensory experience. Um, and ideally, you want to create a sense of excitement and this feeling that they want to see more in that very short mm -hmm. time. It has to all be perfect. So to try to do that with real people who aren't used to that um, that context yeah. <laughs> was a challenge. So it was, it was a brilliant day. Very, very eye-opening, I have to say. And what a great team as well. It was yes. a, a lovely feel to the whole day, yes. actually. We have a and wonderful that, team that we've worked together since the beginning on show after show. Um, and I'm really lucky to have built that team and to that we've kind of come together that way. So all of the shows are repeatedly the same people working on them. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, when you were a young designer i mean first of all i suppose i should ask you know what led you into to fashion design you know was this something that you uh -huh. had wanted to do as a little girl or has it run yeah. in your family or it, not at all in my family but i um funnily that we're speaking about this i i always say i remember a memory of when i was a little girl and i matched my socks to my t-shirt that day <laughs> And, and everyone commented on it, people noticed. Um, and I remember discovering that there is a sense of power in fashion. I think that was my first hook. You know, there's a way that you could actually uh, influence how people see you or how, pe how you are seen. And, um, and I think that was maybe my first hook into the, into the industry. Yeah, so why did you want to concentrate or feel a need to concentrate on the, the, the female structure, the female design? Mm -hmm. Well, design is, uh, fashion design is not that easy. <laughs> it's, um, in terms of the construction of it, it's, um, you know, it's architectural around the body. Um, it's hard enough to get every element of it right. Um, Never mind the fact that you're supposed to create a new thing every season or that it keeps on changing and it has mm -hmm. to be current and feel like the now. And um, so it's just that's why I focused on women's wear. Um, I, when I first studied, I did some uh, apprenticeships in menswear to learn the techniques. But, you know, I'm kind of staying with what I know right now and trying to make it better. <laughs> and I suppose there's... there's um you know, a greater pressure on women's fashion, perhaps, you know, of to course. change each season and... and I, know, as a woman as well, ending. yeah. As a woman as well, I understand, I guess, I can put yeah. the clothes on myself and feel how they feel and what and, and see if I can live in them. So there's mm. an, an emotional connection for me as well. Yeah, and I mean, part of... Well, not part, I mean, everything of what you do is creating your own business mm -hmm. you know just as I'm in the music business and and that is the business I'm in and mm -hmm. I have to take care of that you're in the fashion business and mm -hmm. and I mean do the two go well with you because sometimes you can get creative people who are not necessarily business oriented mm -hmm. which is why a team is so important to have around you but yes um you know have you been very stalwart and, and strong in that department and focused. I, uh, I, I guess the two have informed each other. Um, when I was working for other designers, of course, I was just being a designer. 
but as soon as I started my own business, I quickly realized that everything influences that next thing. So, <laughs> yeah. so now it's about it's the challenge grew because now it's about um, thinking of it through every different kind of eye. And if, if it's a very successful design, it will be successful in a business sense as much as it would be in a creative sense, as much as it would be in a spiritual sense um, to be fulfilling mm. for my life and you know, for what I want to do as well. So it's, um, it's just a bigger challenge. It is a, a huge challenge. And I suppose a lot yeah. of the time that is spent on dealing with the business aspect you know, can sometimes take away that creative yeah element you know for for one reason yeah or another. i i think business people are i mean any industry uh the people who are good at that thing are very creative usually so uh, a successful business person is creative as is a successful artist or a you know in anything a successful mm. accountant is probably very creative you know and so <laughs> um, so i think it's all linked <laughs> Um, yeah, maybe, maybe. I mean, you were born and brought up in Vancouver, which is, mm -hmm. you know, an extraordinary city. It's one of my, my favourite cities. Oh, have you sure. been? Oh, I've been actually many times to Vancouver, oh, maybe wow. with the Vancouver Symphony Orchestra. Oh, as, fantastic. As with them. Uh -huh. And it's just a, a fantastic place that the people are, are just so warm and... and um, yeah, it's, I've just always had a really, really nice time there. Yeah, it's a I nice mean, it's, place. <laughs> oh, it yeah. is a nice place. And it's so dramatic. And mm -hmm. do you feel that, you know, those early years that you spent there, has that had an influence on your creations at all? Or, or the, the, the type of people who live there, uh -huh. which is very mixed? Of course. I, I mean, I was born there and I grew up there, so... It's very much part of who I am. I've now been in England longer than I was ever in Vancouver. So um, yeah. I'm, I have a British passport as well. But I mean, I miss, uh, you know, I grew up in a place at the time, Vancouver was much more, um, for me growing up, it was about nature. Um, mm. It was about, you know, going hiking you know, with my school. It's all around you in Vancouver. There's much less man-made beauty and much more kind of majestic natural beauty so Absolutely. i um i think nature is a nature is a great teacher um mm. about you know about symmetry and about you know a lot of a lot of tenets of design um, are influenced by nature so i think that's part of who i am um yeah and of and course, think, Canadians are so kind and wonderful. I, I'm lucky to be from such a wonderful country, um, as you say. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh -huh. But it's interesting when, when you look at many of your designs, because I always feel it allows the person who is wearing them a chance to breathe mm -hmm. in them, mm -hmm. you know, so the, the clothes isn't wearing the person kind yes, of thing. Yes, yes. The, the, they both carry each other. And I think yeah. that's... What I find so interesting with the likes of Vancouver is a is a city. You have the extraordinary mountains there. You mm -hmm. have the snow-capped mountains there, but it doesn't take away from, you know, the extraordinary city and vice versa. There's room for everything to breathe. Yes. And everything has its place. Um, and, and that's what I feel about your designs. That's a... 
wonderful thing to say. Thank you. I, I've actually never thought about it that way, but um, Vancouver mm. is, it's the sea and the mountains and the rainforest and, and, uh, and there's a casualness there that compared to Europe um, or the big cities of the world. Um, and, and that's what makes me feel at ease in a way. Um, so I don't want to be uncomfortable when I wear clothes and, sure. and, um, and I wouldn't like, I think women are at their best when they're comfortable in their clothes. So it's something I think about. It's a, it's a fine balance, I think yeah, yeah. to design with, well, and then to let the woman breathe and, and show absolutely. herself. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting because of course, being a musician myself, you know, we're, we're uh, dealing with many different types of musical genres and, and we're seeing a real uh, situation where a lot of traditional music is fading away, actually. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and I often wonder with, uh, with fashion, you know, we, we have s such incredible traditional dress, mm -hmm. you know, from mm -hmm. all territories of the yes. world. Is that something that, you know, you... you tap into or you're influenced by or you think about or yes of course oh, very much so um well the ha fashion or the making of clothing is a handicraft so mm -hmm. um and no matter how futuristic we have become you know clothes still need to be well there are there are uh laser cutters and things but we still <laughs> cut all our clothes by hand you know it's a person yes. that's doing it and then, you know, it's, since it's a human being making it, they make mistakes as well. And then we have to fix it and then we have to redo it. And, you know, and, and every stitch is done by hand. And that, that to me is a beautiful part of what I do. So it's something I, mm. that's why I produce everything here um, in the UK, because I, I just like to be there with that. It's part of the process for me. It's part of the joy of doing this. Mm. Um, I don't think that's going to go away anytime soon because I don't think um, they're too complex of a product uh, to be uh, made entirely by machines without human yes. beings. Yes, um, and it's funny because I think you really sense that when you wear something. You mm -hmm. Absolutely, I, I suppose it's a bit like a, a musical composition where you can almost feel the composer, you know, sitting at their desk and and thinking about how to stitch one note to another note, yes. you know, one pitch to another note, or yeah. pitch or one sound color to another sound color. This is what you I know, love about it's music. It's so, um, it's an immediate connection to the artist's spirit in a way. Um, you don't even have to think about it. And, uh, and so everybody understands, it doesn't matter if you're a musician or not, you can understand music, um, I think. Mm. Um, I don't know what you think, actually, but yeah, um, <laughs> but clothes are similar in that if you put them on your body, everyone understands, everyone has an opinion about how something feels on them, whether they like it or not, if it makes them feel good. Absolutely. So um, the craft or the art in what I do is to try to, um, to try to transpose that into, or, or to give that to the, you know, to give some of what I'm trying to do to the world in my work, you know. Absolutely. And I suppose mm -hmm. it's the wearer who interprets that then. Yes, because yes, the clothes yes. moves with the natural flow of 
yes. the person who is wearing that. It's absolutely, it's so exciting when you see a, a different person put on the same piece and it looks entirely different on them. Amazing. Yeah, it's really, it's truly <laughs> joyful. It's really a lot of fun. <laughs> but do, do you get, do you get quite nervous though? I mean, at, at a fashion show or something, I mean, are you... A nervous wreck or, or you seem pretty calm when I was there I have to uh, say or do you just I, think well that's it <laughs> we're um we're pretty focused I don't I don't know if I was really calm actually I was very nervous at the show you were in um just because there were 35 women you know yeah. really serious women <laughs> on top of the normal show with all the models and the hair and the makeup and everything else you know <laughs> so <laughs> We were, um, I was pretty nervous. Oh, dear. oh gosh, no, that, that's funny. But I wonder whether, you know, as more women enter male-dominated roles, whether it's, mm -hmm. you know, engineering or um, uh, f technology or uh, farming or, or whatever. I mean, do you think about that and do you think, mm, you know, do I need to create something or does this influence you in some sort of way? Or is it yeah. this inner strength mm -hmm. that you mm -hmm. think about? Um, the women who wear my clothes, um, I think of them all as working women. Even if they are at home with their children, um, most of the women who are wearing my clothes are running their homes like a business. You know, um, So I, I find that, I mean, the idea of, working woman or professional woman that's a pretty new concept as well it hasn't mm -hmm. been that long in our history um, and I don't think um, so initially working woman would wear um, I don't you have all these stereotypes like the 1950s secretary you know dressing in a, a way that's pleasing to the male eye um, while mm -hmm. servicing the man or you have, you know, the 80s woman who's wearing shoulder pads and kind of trying to be like a man in their clothes. Um, yeah. And so, yes, I think about it all the time because I'm, I'm, I don't think it has been defined in a perfect way yet uh, what a powerful mm. woman wears. Mm. Uh, I remember back in the, um, uh, in the late 80s, early 90s, when I first visited Japan. Mm -hmm. And uh, and of course, it was very unusual. In fact, it was so rare to see a solo percussionist because the career uh, had just begun to take right. some hold and uh -huh. some force. And, uh, and I remember that I was asked to wear um, a, a really frilly long dress because uh -huh. that's how people expected female performers to, to, uh -huh, to dress, uh -huh, you know, uh -huh. and I, I said, well, it, it's not going to be so practical sitting at a set of timpani or a, a drum kit or something and, you know, running to the next group of instruments with a, a frilly dress on, you know, but also perhaps more importantly, it just wasn't me, uh -huh. you know, it simply wasn't me, it wasn't how I wanted to portray myself, it wasn't something I felt particularly comfortable in, mm -hmm. it wasn't practical, um, it didn't suit my character, my personality, or anything like that. Mm -hmm. And there was a tendency then to mould, I suppose, uh, women into a certain way, whether it was for a record cover or, mm -hmm. or a CD cover or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I think it, I remember being very influenced by Kate Bush uh -huh, uh -huh. and I how she really took, you know, took a good hold of the decision making mm -hmm. in the early 
part of her career mm-hmm. and that basically influenced her her whole journey yes and uh and i suppose i'm not really asking a question here but it's more the observation that i think what i find with your designs is that you know i can see myself wearing this lovely top by the way which uh-huh. is one of your designs <laughs> at home at a reception at a concert mm-hmm. in so many different environments and feel absolutely fine <laughs> you, that's you know what wonderful I mean? feel yeah. really good and yeah. feel absolutely me uh-huh. um, and I think that that's really really important you have to listen to yourself yes exactly I, I, I and we are not always well we aren't historically taught to listen to ourselves and um, we're uh, often fed images of how we're meant to be or how we're meant to look or appear um, I think the mm experience you describe is um, happens now as well not just yeah you know in the long past in a foreign country I think mm-hmm. um, I think you know we grow up with as women we grow up with expectations of around us of how one must appear and behave and um, so yes it's a, it's a challenge um, to figure it out to try to mm. um, you know I think it it might take me a while but I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. that's what I'm constantly trying to figure out and it's a um, you know when I first graduated from Central St. Martin's I had crazy amazing beautiful designs that mm. were you know an exercise in what you could do as a designer but um, it was a process for me to learn how to actually dress real women and to dress my friends and to dress myself and and to grow up with these clothes you know Mm. Do you think um, more could be done in schools to for the young young girls to be fashion conscious? That isn't the the sort of throwaway items. I know, obviously, there's mm-hmm. the economy to think about. The mm-hmm. the you know you, you don't have a lot of mon- money you mm-hmm. know uh, at that age and so on. But but just quality and legacy, I suppose. You know, I think I mean there could be more done to teach uh, children how to spend money I think aha uh-huh. yeah it's um it's so I always wished you know I never got any accounting lessons when I was in school and I I sure wished I had them when I started a company um but yeah. how to you know manage your budget how to spend money and that links into how to you know spend on quality and how to um how to mm. you know plan ahead it, that would be quite useful wouldn't it <laughs> yeah no that's a really really interesting point because that yeah. can be fed into all uh-huh. aspects of, yes if you know dealing with your finances or uh, making decisions yeah. with clothing I guess it's so much a part of your personal identity and um, it's every every young person's challenge is figuring out who they are as an in- independent being and how they will look yeah. I don't know if you could teach that kind of thing that's part of your process I guess to become an yeah. adult. Um, yeah, yeah, no, that, that's really interesting, though. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're, uh, I was going to say we're in lockdown, but we're in sort of some kind of phase of, of lockdown. How has this changed your business? How has it impacted your mm-hmm. business? Well, it's been a big impact um, for our industry. So, um, so uh, because we're small, we've been kind of rolling with the punches. Um, 
we are, uh, you know, this season we'll be showing differently um, at, at Fashion Week. We won't be doing a live show this time. Um, we're doing digital shows. Um, most of our buyers and, and the press can't actually travel right now. So no. it kind of reduces yeah. the need to do that. Yet, how do you do it when, um, how do you create that atmosphere, you know, in a digital presentation and then how how do you kind of send that across the wires to a buyer so that they can understand what it is it's it's a pretty complicated equation <laughs> that we're trying to Absolutely. figure out right now um, I, I can yeah I can well imagine I, I always feel that for example with jewelry mm -hmm. um, you know I design a little bit of jewelry and you know I'm the sort of person that wants to feel mm -hmm. the item I want to put it yes. on I want to you know just feel everything about it and and then you know have the time to spend with it you know looking at it and thinking is this right for me do I like mm -hmm. it do I, you know what is it and and that's very much how I feel about clothes but yes. I do know that technology has moved yes. forward where you can actually sort of impose yourself in an actual uh -huh. garment uh -huh. you know and you can say ah oh, yeah so that that or no, that makes my legs look far too yeah. fat or something. I mean, <laughs> but there, I mean, it's just it's just extraordinary, yeah. really. Yeah, there there is AI. I, I'm not sure. I think you know during the war, um, during World War II, uh, the it used to be at that time in the industry that uh, the American buyers would go to Paris and they would draw the uh, models as they came down the runway. And then they would take those ideas back and transpose them into like accessible versions for their audience. Oh, um, interesting. And then during the war, um, because they couldn't do that anymore, they sent um, scale models of the clothes to America. Uh -huh. So they made little dolls and made dresses for them, the Parisian designers. I don't know. I think maybe there's an element where we have to send things around a bit more um, because it's mm. true. You have to be able to touch things to understand them. Um, mm. you know um, it'll be very hard to access new customers um, if they can't do absolutely. that yeah absolutely and I think it just sort of hammers home the fact that with so much having been done through uh, virtual means mm -hmm. um, that that face-to-face -face connection that mm -hmm. sense of touch mm -hmm. you know which in a way is so much part of listening mm -hmm, mm -hmm, because it's just mm -hmm. it's not necessarily about a sound or anything it's just about being mm -hmm. with something or with someone is such a different experience so much I mean, so yeah it, it it just is you know and here we are conducting a conversation via zoom i know and but, but we've it, met before so we have we know each other's uh, we kind have of, yeah. met before but uh -huh. it, it does it just changes something. It does, though. yeah. And if, if you it, have to meet, uh, you know, if, for us, it's the buyers. So we need the buyer to understand um, the clothes in order for them to decide to buy them and then uh, present them to their customers. And if we haven't mm. met this person before, it's really hard to connect to people only on a screen. Um, Absolutely. And yeah. it's not really just about selling a bunch of stuff, you know, it's um, it's about them understanding why you're there doing what you're doing and yes. seeing if they might want to support that, you know. So, yeah, <laughs> I think that, you know, certainly with the 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 people that you have 
already dressed, as it were. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's just been a, a magnificent array of of ladies um, and very international as well. And mm-hmm. and there must be such a large part of that that is listening to them, listening mm-hmm. very to much. who they are, mm-hmm. and and um, just their whole their whole being. I, I suppose I can only relate it to, you know, working with another musician and, mm-hmm. and sometimes you can line up 10 amazing musicians mm-hmm. and you think ah oh, that's going to be great you know they're all going to come together and it's going to be wonderful but actually if the chemistry isn't there you can still have 10 great musicians but if if, if just part of that chemistry isn't there mm-hmm. it doesn't quite gel uh-huh, uh-huh, and it's not uh-huh. just about talent alone and uh-huh. I think I I would imagine for you, it's very much all-encompassing and trying to understand that individual. I think I can understand what you're saying because it's similar when we work in our teams. So from everyone who's involved in the making of the things to the people who are involved in the presenting of it in our shows, um, Mm. as we develop a rapport and a trust, um, just things become a lot easier and we can make more interesting ideas. And... And um, and the product ends up being more beautiful. And um, and sometimes if you don't vibe with someone, then it becomes a lot harder than it needs to be <laughs> to make that thing. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So there is um, there's an element of that. And then there's the side where there's the customers or the women who are wearing the clothes, and they uh, they teach me so much. You know, they yeah. they move around in them. They show me what you know they tell me which part of themselves they don't want to show and which one which part of themselves they want to show more and um and i've i learn every time i dress somebody so mm, mm, it's a, it's, it's really, a communication really, yeah yeah and i think you know when you said the sense of trust i mean that is mm-hmm. just i think the key to almost everything in life yes to be honest. i totally <laughs> agree <laughs> yeah, just uh, that little word can go a long way <laughs> yes i completely agree i think if we had more trust in the world um yeah. or if we if we were aiming for that then we we would probably be doing a lot better right now <laughs> absolutely yeah are, are you quite critical of what you do and do you receive criticism well i'm, I'm always critical of what i do it's it's never perfect, which is one of the reasons why I keep doing it. <laughs> I'm yeah, like yeah. aiming to do it better next time. Um, the great thing about fashion is that you have this rolling of the season. So you've done it. You had five minutes to make it happen. And if it didn't work, then you'd better do it better next time. <laughs> so, oh, fantastic. So it, it's, there's, it, yeah, it's a rolling transition constantly. There seems to be, you know, so many similarities to the various artistic disciplines mm-hmm. and that we're always, you know, weeding our gardens and trying to improve on things. And, you know, even if something has gone well, we wake up the next morning thinking, ah, oh, well, you know, can improve this and then can improve that. And, oh, this needs attending to. And so uh-huh. it's a never ending journey. It really which is. I think it's, it's fantastic. <laughs> I normally, um, when I finish, uh, when I finally present a collection, um, I have a, high, a sense of a high um, afterwards. And it's, ah. you know, it's just so amazing that it all, all these parts came together and it worked. And then about a week later, I start picking it apart. <laughs> <laughs> so so would, you, would you take something like the, the lovely top I'm wearing right now, mm-hmm. which is, I, I barely know I'm wearing it. It's so uh-huh. easy to wear. But 
would you now look at this? And actually, if I lean over, I have the black oh. version. So this is what I wore at your show, uh-huh, the black version. Yeah. And then I, I love the white version as well. But, you know, would you look at this and, and think to yourself, ah, well, I'm happy to leave this now, like mm-hmm. a piece of music. It's been written and now let other people wear it, interpret it and so on. Or mm-hmm. would you look at it and think, Mm, you know, yeah. ah, maybe I could do this or that. <laughs> uh, well, we, re- we revisit all the time. So um, if yeah. that top is actually the accumulation of multiple kind of corrections. <laughs> and, and each time we do it, um, every season. So we'll, have, we'll present it for a season, produce it. And then as I see yeah. people wearing it, I'll you know, be noting all these things. And the next time we do it, we might change it a bit, you know, it might not be visible to the eye or, but you know, yeah, of course, you're always looking at the under the construction of the thing and the, and the, um, execution of it. Yeah, Um, absolutely. mm -hmm. So when you're designing something, is music a part of your environment or do you just like silence or do you like people moving around you or, or what's your, your environment like? Um, I vary. It's either silence or it's a lot of music. <laughs> so, ah, okay. Yeah. So sometimes I'm, you know, just madly working and there's no time to, it's almost like a different kind of a flow. And then other times music is everything. So I tend to listen to things um, over and over again. Um, mm. I tend to listen to one thing and then listen, you know, drive my studio crazy listening to it 30 times that day <laughs> and then and then, and then I move on any particular kind of music or does it vary completely? actually I'd love to get a list from you Evelyn oh, of some things to okay. listen to <laughs> ah, oh definitely I'll send to you I am um, I jump around I listen to everything so well I'll, I'll give you 31 ideas so that uh, you've got ah. something different each day so that the your team won't get fed up <laughs> that's amazing I would love that what a gift <laughs> well it's, it's funny because a lot is talked about regarding the sound environment in a workplace mm-hmm. and when you are working as a team you know it can have a huge impact on creativity mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you know we see this in supermarkets where they may have a certain type of music by the the wine part yes. of the supermarket uh-huh. or the the fresh bread part or the fish part or the vegetable mm-hmm. part or whatever and that can have an influence and you know we have a small team where i am mm-hmm. and we're very conscious as regards to what is played or when it's played, how much it's played or for someone to say, no, I'm, I, I just need some, no music right now mm-hmm. or, oh yeah, something nice and, you know, gentle would be fine or, oh, we need a bit of an uplift after lunch or, or uh-huh. whatever. Uh-huh. It, it's interesting how that can influence just yes. the creative flow. I'm going to think about this because you can curate. I mean, I do, you know, when we're stressed out and we have deadlines, then I'll put on something a lot more driving. Um, and it gets everyone, it gets everyone excited as well, (laughs) because we, we're often working with adrenaline, um, you know, closer to the show. We need that lift to kind of push us over and, um, yeah, but curating my everyday sound, um, for our, for our functionality (laughs) is interesting. (laughs) Usually I'm just listening to what I, you know, I feel passionate about or I like at the moment, um. 
Brilliant. But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and, and that's fine. That, that's great. Oh, we'll and, make um, a lot more tops today if we listen to this. <laughs> so if I send you a list and I, I have, oh, I don't know, some, uh, you know, Zanakis or something on, on a solo piece by Zanakis, then I'll want to know the data on that. What, what, what's I'm being sure there's a connection. Uh, you know, there's definitely. <laughs> I, um, I think the energy in a space is really important. Um, so in my mm-hmm. studio or even um, even at the show that you were part of, um, we had we had someone that was working on the energy of the space to make sure that it was flowing. Oh. You know? um, Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> interesting. Because there are That's a lot really of moving parts and to try to kind of Absolutely. create a flow with lots of people that we haven't met before. And, you know, um, mm. So we were conscious that's, of that. That's very interesting, actually. And I, I it's funny because I think um, I, I remember visiting uh, a school for the deaf at King's Cross, the mm-hmm. Frank Barnes School. And it's a wonderful, wonderful school because it's been designed whereby um, they have no corners mm-hmm. to the school or to part of the school. Because if you turn a corner, you know, in a building and mm-hmm. if... You can't hear footsteps coming, you know, around the other part of the building. You're going to get a bit of a fright. Right. And so they've always got things curved. Wow. And they, they were very conscious as regards to the, the flow of that and the, the, the sort of soundscape of the, the, the lunch room, for example. Uh-huh, where it can uh-huh. often be hard and yes. if you're scraping chairs across the floor and so on. And just all of the sound environment was really important. And, uh, and to try and keep it all you know manageable for young people and uh-huh. not be you know pulled in different directions by by unwanted sound uh-huh, as it uh-huh, were. Uh-huh. and so where they stretched the their imagination of sight as being their their sound world uh-huh, you know uh-huh, so uh-huh. if they had time to see someone walk towards them and and time to digest that rather than getting a a, a fright so i think it's you fascinating. Know, any care we can take to our environment, whether it's musically, sound-wise, uh-huh. in that oral sense, or visually, yes, is important. it's um, it's what designers do. Um, you're you're trying to ease someone's passage through life, in a way. Um, oh, so that's a great whether point. you know whether you uh, design a space to be beautiful to live in, and you know, and or clothes to be your best self in, um, I guess. It's just um, sound is almost sound and smell is so immediate. It's guttural, mm. Um, mm. and whereas what I guess what I do is one step removed from that. Um, it's it's the next layer of experience. Well, it, I guess there's touch with clothes. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I I I mean, I think this is just a, a lovely way to. I think end our conversation at this moment where you said, well, you're. Your role is to, you know, ease that passage of life because I I'm not sure if you really understand how musical your <laughs> clothes are, and just as I run my hand down the sleeve of this lovely top, you uh-huh. know, the texture of it is so beautiful, and then when you look at it, it's like little notes on uh-huh. a page uh-huh. Uh-huh. jumping jumping out. So I think probably we all have uh, an interpretation of something. Oh, it's you know, wonderful! It's so beautiful to hear you describe. It, so. <laughs> but Edline, thank you so so much. Thank really you, Evelyn. It's been such a pleasure. 
Oh, well, you take care <laughs> during this time, and we wish you all the very, very best. Thank you. All right. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. I would like to say a very special thank you to Audio Network for supporting my podcast. Thank you so much for listening. See you in my next one.